For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. It is a midweek ball in, ball out. Your Lakers hoop ball podcast, Dan Bespris, Eli Bauman, shrouded in darkness over there. <laughs> That's all right. That's how I like to keep it nice and mysterious. Eli's got a sleeping infant, I think, and so he's like hiding in a lights off corner of his home. That's true, and you have a wailing infant, from what I can hear on you the can, other end. You of can, this. Yeah, that's bath time over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, ours similarly does not go that well. Oh bath. man, why do people listen to this podcast? Is really the the question. We're, that's a uh, good point. Well, you know what? The Lakers are bathing in victory. The smell of victory. Let's <laughs> thank you. For we'll get we'll get this back on track as stellar, quickly as possible. Stellar segue uh, at Dan Baspers at Nick Pretzel. Not a not a hugely active uh, Twitter user, Detective no, Nick Pretzel. But I got I got to be honest. I'm pretty much fully off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep sending people to follow Nick Pretzel. Yeah, keep doing it. Keep doing it. We'll see if the Nick Van Pretzel gives up and gives me the handle, <laughs> and then maybe I'll I'll become more activated. I just want to when like the day you sign back in, I want Nick. Pretzel to have a couple hundred followers that just slowly accrued over time so you can get it i'd be into it that's our that's our move here so what happened since the last time we talked lakers lost one and won one right well did they lose one did we talk since the raptors game i don't think we did we didn't i don't think so right did we talk about them getting destroyed i thought we did oh maybe we did it's a weird anyway let's just go through it really fast they got destroyed Kawhi didn't play and they got destroyed is that is that enough? They came back at the end. Uh, it wasn't enough. I feel like that's that covers it. I feel like things have gotten a lot more interesting since then. Yeah, when Do you did, agree? I'm trying to figure out when the heck we did a, our last show. But yeah, uh, Lakers beat the Timberwolves. And it was fun. A little bit of revenge game that, as usual, closer perhaps than it should have been. But uh, a lot yeah, of things to like one, in that game. It was one of those where we were like in control the whole way, and yet the score like we were better than them the Mm -hmm. entire game and yet i feel like we only started being in the lead at the towards the the tail end of that game it's because jimmy butler only makes three pointers against the lakers well and something's happened with derrick rose i don't know if he like 
secretly went to Germany and got like the Kobe platelet treatment or whatever, <laughs> where they like take your blood out and shoot it back into you and you're a superhuman. But I mean, Derek Rose is now, I think it's safe to say that the, you know, and obviously he hasn't scored 50 since then, but like the Derek Rose comeback is real. Like yeah, he, yeah. he, he passes the eye test. Um, and he, he kept them, I think, in the game almost single-handedly down the stretch. I mean, I'm just looking at his stats right now. Seven for nine from three. Um, yeah, 31 was... points. I mean, he and, and a lot of times, especially when, and we, we should cover this, when Lonzo was out here there, the defense was good. I mean, he was just making difficult shots. I, uh, I have a lot of really nice things to say about the Lakers' fourth quarter defense in particular yeah the, like you said tough shots man Derek Rose a lot of pull-up threes Wolves hit 23 pointers in this game luckily the Lakers Jeez. were actually really good from downtown yeah, we too. were we were good yeah Lakers at 15 I mean there's by the way I I checked because you don't you don't get to sleep right now and so this is the type of thing I should actually know because I am sleeping um our last podcast was before Portland Really? Yeah. We remember we predicted you guys were confident enough to actually predict a win and I was terrified and so I'm really happy to be wrong about that one because we did a show about Luke Walton getting yelled at and then the Lakers promptly went in and right. snapped a streak in Portland. Game of the season. Easily. Easily. So we actually have a couple of wins to talk about on this show. Lakers are 2 and 1 since our last pod. Look at us and look at how little concept of time I have at this point. <laughs> it's really Just it's rough, no man. Grasp of time. There's no way to convey that. And I don't, and I don't mean this in like the you have to be there kind of. I don't want it to seem condescending, but like before I had an infant, I had no concept for the the next ten months <laughs> I was about to experience. And yeah. once you're in it, you're just like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what day of the week it is. I have no recollection of anything that happened in the first ten months of Asher's life. Not just related no, to him. You're, you're like, just holding on for dear life. Yeah, nothing that I did. I sent emails, and then later I'd go back, like two months later, and look at the emails I sent, and with the thought of like, Are you sure that was me? Did somebody, somebody <laughs> log into my computer and send this email with bad grammar and screwy punctuation? What happened here? Um, it is. It's like identity theft from yourself. Yeah. You're stealing your own You've been body identity. snatched. Uh, yeah. So Portland was a win. Toronto was a gruesome loss. And Yeah, really bad. Uh, but I actually just, I mean, quickly about the weekend. I think maybe we just moved through this thing yeah, chronologically. Um, Lakers beat the Blazers by four on the road. That was another game where they were in control the whole time. And then yep. Portland almost squeaked it out again. Uh, Rajon yeah. Rondo was strikingly good which was, he was weird and Lonzo was strikingly weird in that game yeah that was he was those uh, two kind of flip spots every game like I, all, neither of them will play well the same time I almost wonder how on earth the Lakers won that game in Portland by all accounts they shouldn't have but the Blazers just didn't shoot the ball well no and that was fortunate but it was great because there was all this Luke Walton stuff and then the Lakers came out and put together great offensive performance and snapped a right. five-year losing streak. And JaVale blocked six shots. Oh, that that's, was outstanding. That's what I remember from that uh, episode. Also, that game, um, you know what was actually weird? I'm now, it's it's funny. What was really stark about that game actually was our bench just destroyed them. And Portland has a good bench. Portland has a real bench. I'm just looking at the plus minus. Um, Zubats, your boy. Uh, plus 15 in 20 minutes that was the Zubats Rondo game where you were like I don't know what what this odd couple is about but they're they're doing something because LeBron was somehow somehow we ended our 
16-game losing streak to Portland on a game where LeBron James was a minus 22. Really and, crazy. crazy. Which is crazy. And Evita Zubats was a plus 15. Yeah, LeBron was plus 28. I mean... That was that was the weird... That's what I'm... Like, how did the Lakers... The Lakers as a team shot 52%, and LeBron was dragging that number down. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. And look, we did our usual thing. We tried to give the game away in the fourth, but... Um, we somehow held on. And that's actually... I, all these bad fourth quarters, I think, are slowly becoming... I was worried it was going to be one of those self-fulfilling prophecies, but I think it's actually starting to be a little bit more of a learning tool. Yeah. You know what You know what is part of the, the change? And then, of course, in classic Lakers fashion, 2018 Lakers fashion, they directly, after they did this, they gave up. I think the worst quarter in Lakers history, the mm. first quarter against uh Yeah. And it's Toronto where Toronto definitely had more than forty. I don't have the number in front of me. You know but, what the um, worst part about that was? The the man who was most responsible for it was Serge freaking Ibaka. I know. What mm. was that about? He was like fourteen for fourteen or something insane. Yeah. He but game, I actually the yeah. the thing that got us that Portland victory was believe it or not, our defense. Our yeah. defense was much better and that's against a good team at home and and uh you know they still you know their main guys scored i think mccullum had what 30 or something um but we really the rest of those guys they're like other dudes couldn't get going at all um we actually like closed out on their three-point guys i mean it was the effort felt different, and then we just decided to completely crap the bed the next game. Yeah, but, that, that felt like a schedule loss too. Even without Kawhi, like to fly home did. from Portland, that's a, it. Did it's not a quick? I mean, it's not like a long flight, but it's a two-hour-ish flight from Portland to LA, hour forty, something like that. Uh, yeah, getting in late. I think the next one was an hour earlier on Sunday, right? Was that daylight savings time day too? It was. It was daylight savings. Oh, and clearly, our team did not. No. They uh, were that reset their clocks because Tor- they started about an hour late. And if it makes the Laker fans feel any better, Toronto then flew into altitude in Utah the following night and just destroyed the Jazz. Like they're just a machine. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, it's still obviously very, very early in the season, but you know, we both watch a lot of basketball. And <laughs> yeah, um, it's good. It's I, an interesting life. I I will say I I've. I'm going to take a, a little bit of... Actually, I'm going to take a lot of victory laps on the, on this obnoxious, quick podcast. As but you should. One of, one of the things, and I have the uh, pay stubs to back it up, one of the things... I, I bet pretty heavily on a few things um, going into the season. I bet really heavily on the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis, and I bet really heavily on Kawhi Leonard and the Raptors. And I think what you're seeing early in the season is Golden State is a very clear number one but i think toronto right now has really in the entire league has established itself as a pretty clear number two yeah i like it too um, I, every yeah, year for like good. the last three seasons i keep predicting the the raptors were going to make the finals and every year they got lebron and right. uh that's not a problem anymore for them it is, so it is it is not a problem and you just look at that roster they're so they're deep. long they're deep they're athletic they have a superstar they have a Two superstars, if you want to give that to Lowry. Um, I mean, the coach seems to be good. I mean, I don't know much about Nick Nurse, but... 
I mean, they look good. Here's what I'm taking away from the Nick Nurse stuff. I think he was sort of the man behind the man. And I don't want to take credit away from Dwayne Casey, but I do also kind of want to take a little credit away from Dwayne Casey. I I watched so many Raptors games over the last few years because for whatever reason with the fantasy stuff, I always ended up with Kyle Lowry. And I just, Mm -hmm. these first quarters were abysmal Toronto would run these these lame slow developing sets for like the first seven minutes of the game they didn't work and then they were just like all right whatever screw it we're talented go go play and then they right, right. then they'd make a sweet comeback and they ended up as a pretty good team last year they finally sort of embraced this modern NBA of taking some three-pointers playing with a little pace using the fact that they had better tools than the opposition to make the game I mean, it was, math, it was a math game for them, finally. They're like, look, we're better than you on a per-game basis, so we're going to make more possessions. That'll give us a better chance to win. Uh, right. And I feel like maybe Nick Nurse was part of the reason they were really pushing that way. And Detroit, who signed Dwayne Casey, is... I mean, I feel like he's trying to implement the same thing in a new place, and I don't know that he's super comfortable with it. But I, don't, I didn't mean to turn this into, like, the Dwayne Casey back. No, no. No, and I think, I think what's interesting, I think... Obviously, this this Toronto team has a different vibe about them this year, and I actually think like one of the main separators to me and the the Kobe Shaq Lakers, the really good ones, were I think the epitome of this is dominant teams, the elite teams. This has been really want to rip your heart out early, um, both strategically so that they can rest in the second half, but also I think like. You know, it's you kind of get into some weird like Jane Goodall stuff, and it is like established dominance in the wild. And I looked at that Raptors first quarter against us, and they just wanted to rip our hearts out. Their their goal was to basically be like, our best player is not here, and we're still gonna beat the living blank out of you. Um, and you know, you look at the Warriors, and it's like they're they go to the Bulls, and they're like, we're gonna put up ninety two, we're gonna beat you embarrassingly um and like those are what the elite teams do like i'm looking at boston this year and i'm seeing that they just lost to utah as well but but that was also a a back-to-back in altitude right right but even even in the games that boston has won um i don't feel like they have that killer thing um houston like you you know they're, they're just so far, Toronto and Golden State to me look like the teams that are uh, a step above, every, a tier above everyone else, and know it and want you to know it. Yep, and it's I, I don't know. I, I have a weird soft spot for Toronto. Too. I don't know why. Me too. I do. One of my one of my favorite <laughs> cities with uh, very attractive uh, women. <laughs> buildings, buildings. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very attractive buildings. Um, sure. I, I do want to spend most of this podcast, and I think you do too, talking about the Minnesota game because I, yes, there were so many things to me that felt different about this game. And one of the things I tweeted right near the end was LeBron looks happy in this game. Like, he, he does. He looked he chill. Does. He looked chill. He was because he was like, there were long stretches in that Minnesota game where Bron just relaxed. He was like, all right, Ingram, you go do it. And Brandon went and did it. And then he was like, yeah. all right, we're going to get Kuz involved now. And then Kuz did it. And then Josh Hart just hit every damn shot he took. And it was... Uh, oh, I loved I loved Josh Hart's first first half. was spectacular. Doesn't it feel nice to know that LeBron is just kind of playing his ass into shape and it doesn't... <laughs> and we're still <laughs> yeah. okay? Well, just to, just to be clear, he was definitely relaxing on defense uh, <laughs> yeah, the entire a season. <laughs> a little too much. 
Um, and that didn't change until actually the end of the game. He had a couple, you know, what's fun. And I, I don't want to be too all over the place, but uh, it's really fun when you see players that other players think are kind of soft punks, because I haven't seen LeBron play a, a lick of defense this whole season, but come fourth quarter, he is blocking like three Carl Anthony town shots in a row. I mean, he like smelled blood and wanted to like punk Carl Anthony towns something that became kind of a running theme of this game, which we will, we should definitely spend some time on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And then let's <laughs> no, I mean, that was, I was right there with you on that one. There was, uh, the, the fourth quarter. I mean, I don't know what even what I even want to say about the first three quarters. Cause the first three quarters of basically every Laker game, except the easy win over the suns and getting trounced by the Raptors has been just a track meet and right. Lakers go into the fourth quarter like up by four. That just seems like right. what it's, it's, been a, it's been a glorified all star game. Where yes, there's it has. no defense. There's a lot of highlights. And it's sweet, and, but it's yeah. meaningless. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right. Uh, I loved the fourth quarter of this Minnesota game. It was great. It was it was the first time you got to see our team's kind of full potential. And also, I mean, I was thinking about it uh before the pod. It's like up until this, the Minnesota game that just happened, I was like, that was the first part of the season. That was like phase one of the season, the like feeling out process of the season, getting through this really murderous part of the schedule. You know, we already had our first like complete freak out blow up with Magic and Luke weathering it and all this noise and LeBron and all of the things that come with it. And then, um, it seems like with a simple call between LeBron and uh, his old pal James Jones, who's now the <laughs> acting general manager of the Phoenix Suns, yeah, um, cool. we were en- able to enter this kind of next phase of the Lakers season, which is like, okay, this is our team now, and we're figuring some stuff out, and we're gonna we're gonna get serious here. And okay, so I, I have a little game I want to play with this fourth quarter because I think this is going to be the bulk of our show. And it's just going to, it's not even really a game. It's just let's like pick one thing at a time and go back and forth and talk. Because to me, there were like five things in this fourth quarter that I thought were awesome. Okay, um, great. Do, do, you do, want, do you want to go first or do you want me to take first stab? You, you take, you go, you go ahead. Okay. First stab for me uh, defensive rotations. Yes. Um, it happened, which I, it's like, it, I'm okay. So this, yeah, this wait, yeah, that, no, you're right. That deserves acknowledgement yeah, that they it, occurred. It shouldn't be a binary thing, but for the Lakers right now, it is, it, it wasn't like guys were just missing a couple every now and then it was, either, it was, they just weren't doing any of it. It was Jabari Parker level defensive effort. <laughs> yes. Um, and then in this ball game, they did a whole bunch of it. And I don't, I don't want to jump on any additional things, but it did happen largely with their new defensive floor general out there, who I'm sure is going to come up at some point uh, during our fourth quarter discussion. But it was just really nice to see guys actually get up on people on the Wolves and not let them into the paint for once. That's right. That's right. No, people actually seemed engaged. I want to give special credit to a couple guys that I've been bashing on uh, defense this whole season, I think rightfully so. Um, LeBron actually putting in some effort. And um, 
Brandon Ingram, like I thought really accepted the challenge um, of guarding the other team's best players um, and really using his length. And even Kuzma, Kuzma for a really long stretch of time. And I thought this was actually very smart by Luke, especially once he realized uh, what a kind of soft soft serve ice cream Carl Anthony Towns is <laughs> that like basically once once the first Tyson Chandler experience happened with Towns and Towns basically decided he had no interest of in posting up and he was just going to stand out in the key and try to find shots and Luke I think recognized that intelligently and put Kuzma on Carl Anthony Towns someone that you know, if Towns isn't going to bully him, Kuzma can stay with him and put Chandler or McGee on Taj Gibson, who is a guy who's going to, who's cagey and wily and is going to be in the right place and do all the little things. And I thought that was actually a really, really smart coaching decision. Uh, and it was interesting, too, because in looking back at the previous Minnesota game, Towns was moving these guys around. I mean, he was having his way on the offensive glass. And to me, that that now takes me to uh, my second fourth quarter love, and that was Tyson Chandler, who you mentioned oh, yeah. in there, uh, because on the glass he was a difference maker in this. And, and I know he's like traffic cone speed when he's moving around the court, <laughs> but as a as a box out artist, which is something we've desperately needed since we didn't yes. resign Brooke Lopez, Chandler was fantastic. Not even mentioning, by the way, and I'm sure we'll get to the tip out at some point. Yeah. But just allowing the other guys on the Lakers to go get a rebound that Towns and Taj Gibson yeah. couldn't push their way into. You're totally right, because we actually have amazing uh, rebounding talent. And I mean talent in the sense that, like, there are some guys who just, like, jump and have big hands and have a knack for chasing the ball. What we don't have are people who are disciplined rebounders at all. <laughs> no one on our team boxes out. Um, no one kind of rotates over to the guy to to get a hand on it. Like the you know, basically Tyson Chandler was the first person I've seen do a tip out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like basically, what what Tyson allowed everyone else to do is actually just use their their talents, their physical abilities to go snag rebounds because we we really do have guys who are uniquely good rebounders for their position they just don't know what they're doing yep you need you need a box out artist out there i i yelled about it last year for you into, did into you the did heavens indeed. and look what he's look what brooke has done by the way in milwaukee suddenly Giannis is grabbing like 17 rebounds a game because the other team's big man can't go get him anymore it's right. a it's a big deal he's a team it's a team rebounding number and the metrics show that he is actually ex- extremely helpful and now uh, we have an equally slow human being on the Lakers. And I, you know, while I'm on the Tyson Chandler thing, forget the, the rebound part of it. Uh, I was not down on the floor, so I couldn't hear ex- what was being said. I wasn't at the ball game. I was watching on t- TV like the rest of us. Uh, but suddenly the Lakers rotations were correct when Tyson Chandler was on the floor. I don't think that's a coincidence. He can be slow no. as hell, but he knows where everybody else is supposed to be and he can yell at them to do it. You're exactly right, and I think um, it's funny because a couple things passed the eye test for me, and then um, today when I was reading some quotes from from the Laker players, 
it was they all backed up what I think we all saw. A couple things. One, uh, exactly what you said. Basically, I, I was watching the game and I was like, oh, it's weird. Rondo's out there, but I don't hear him as much. And, you know, Rondo, I could tell you exactly what Rondo's voice sounds like because you hear him <laughs> yapping the entire game. And what I realized quickly is that, you know, actually, instead of Rondo yelling things out, Tyson Chandler was yelling things out because Tyson Chandler is actually in the position in the back where mm-hmm. he can see everything. Mm-hmm. So Rondo didn't have to do that, which is exactly what Rondo said later in this game. Or, the, sorry, the following the game. The other thing that Rondo pointed out, um, and you could just, once again, you could just tell both by other players, you know, Minnesota's reactions to them, and also by how um, much more effectively guys like Brandon Ingram um, and Kuzma and LeBron even, and even, even Lonzo when he decided to were getting in the lane is... Tyson Chandler sets sets grown man screens. He's giant, dude. He is so big. It's crazy. It's wild, too, because when he came into the league, he was a beanpole. And now he is just this big, thick dude. And he was laying wood on dudes because apparently they watched film today of the game. And I think Rondo said that you could literally see the Timberwolf guys grimace Mm-hmm. Like you could watch them like shudder before and after they got hit because they were they knew what to expect. <laughs> and I don't think Tyson Chandler got called for one moving screen. He didn't didn't do the thing where he turned in the middle. He just he's just giant. he was just bodying dudes. Yeah, he's he's seven one and he's listed at two forty, which sounds not that huge. But as these guys get older, man, they just they just get so tough. They just become yeah. Move. You know, I mean. Good Lord, this is going to date us again. But do you remember that Tyson Chandler was drafted a month after we graduated from high school? Yeah, from Compton Dominguez. Yeah. We're the yeah, exact he was in same our age. class. We're the exact same age as Tyson Chandler. Well, you know, I feel that way. I feel like accomplishment-wise, <laughs> we're pretty much on par. Yeah, we've, we've done roughly the same things. We, uh, we all have a 20-year career in something. Uh, yeah. He, he's, he, I would say, like... What's nice about him is I would say other than Josh Hart and maybe Lonzo, but it's hard to tell with Lonzo, Tyson Chandler, you could tell, loved it. He loved being physical. He loved playing physical defense. You know, you know that when he was bodying up Carl Anthony Towns and not moving an inch, that that's the kind of thing that that makes him go. Yeah, and now it's in a game that he feels like he could do that with Phoenix, but by the third time, it's kind of like, yeah, Yeah. what am I? Somebody's going to do something stupid, and it's not going to matter. Now it's like, hey, I got an opportunity here. Uh, He's, I know that we're overblowing Tyson Chandler. Like, people are listening to this podcast, and like, you guys are talking about Tyson Chandler a lot. But he is precisely what this team needed. Exactly. Well, and credit to us again. I told you I was going to toot our horns a lot. Toot away. We've been saying for a month since before the season started and in the right when the season started, we've said Tyson Chandler by name. And then I know we said a Tyson Chandler type. And then you brought it up (laughs) two podcasts ago as well. And, you know, as I alluded to in the beginning of the show, like shout out to James Jones, because what? Basically, Tyson Chandler falling in our laps is no accident. James Jones, if you don't know, was LeBron's teammate for years and years and years in Cleveland. 
He is, quote, LeBron's favorite teammate ever and one of his, quote, <laughs> favorite human beings ever. And um, there's no way this gets to I, – I don't know, and maybe you know more about this kind of thing than I do, but I have n- never remember a buyout coming this early in the season. They usually come around December or January at the earliest. Uh, yeah. Because normally teams that have an expiring contract of a crusty old fart try to get a pick back for them right, you'd before at least they give explore up. Trading. I think maybe, you know, they've been trying to trade Tyson Chandler for two and a half years in Phoenix. And so there's a little bit of that on it. I- I've heard a couple of things. My own assessment, and then I'll mention what I was reading on the internet earlier today, which my assessment is, I think Phoenix believes after watching the last couple of years that aging contracts don't carry the same weight they used to. Teams generally are not going to go pay for a guy like Tyson. You're not going to get a pick for Tyson Chandler. Most teams are like, listen, uh, you can try to get us into a bidding war with somebody else, but we all know you're going to waive him as soon as the trade deadline passes. And uh, we're going to just take our chances that he or... A Plumley. <laughs> Who else did we talk about on the other? A Zeller. A, a Zeller. Zeller One of these guys is just going to sort of wiggle loose and we'll just collect them. So we're not going to give you anything. So I think maybe they sort of saw the writing on the wall. Uh, I mean, looking at last year, Atlanta didn't get anything for Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Ilyasova. And those guys are legitimately good. Like those right, guys can still they, play. But they still, but they still held on to them for for a little bit of the season. Right. I, look, I mean, I'm a I'm a writer by trade, so I look for narratives and stories and you know things like that but to me everything you're saying is probably right and probably most of it but this also seemed very much like a friend doing a friend a solid oh for sure i completely and, agree i agree entirely and, on that and, one. you know and tyson chandler i'm sure is very respected in that locker room and i'm sure very respected by a guy like james jones and i'm sure that those guys can can talk uh man to man in a way that Tyson Chandler and Ryan McDonough probably oh, didn't. What a deal, and he can say, Yeah, he can say, like, look, man, you guys want to lose here, which I totally understand. I want to win. I'm 36 and or 38 or whatever. I don't know what you're talking about, Eli. You and I are both in our late 20s, and we are spry as hell. That's true. That's true. <laughs> no, I'm still in my physical prime. I'm saying for Tyson Chandler. Oh, right, of course, yes. Um, you know, and he's probably going, like, look, man, if there's anything you can do That'd be great because it doesn't, you know, basically James Jones, James Jones gift wrapped him to us. He essentially traded us Tyson Chandler for zero for zero. Yeah. The other Uh, thing that I read about it was that uh, James Jones is attempting to make a move to, quote, rehabilitate the son's uh, appearance among free agents that they don't treat their players well because they had fallouts with both Morris brothers Eric Bledsoe, Tyson right, right. Tyson Chandler was wa- super irritable. Isaiah Thomas left there under weird circumstances, and a You're lot totally of these guys, right. a lot of these guys went on to be really good elsewhere. And Phoenix just yep. like wasn't playing them, or wasn't playing them enough, or not treating them well. So someone was our, and Adam, this might just be fluff to cover up your point, which is absolutely one hundred percent true. Uh, but if indeed that's what it was, there may be a little bit of a kind of a coin in the bucket sort of thing where it's like look guys this is the new i'm the new sons 
Uh, Ryan McDonough, <laughs> former dildo general manager, is gone. Uh, he's not like. Did, did you read that story he about was Ryan? A general manager of dildos, or he was a dildo who oh, happened to be a general manager. Los dos, definitely both. Okay. Um, did you read that story about Ryan McDonough who like accidentally gave a long interview to someone that he didn't know was doing an interview where he revealed all of the sun's secrets, then got to the end and said, "Oh my God, can you not print any of that?" This yes, is, wasn't he also the guy who had the board behind the whiteboard of all of the players that they <laughs> were going to try to get on their team, and it was in some kind of like Instagram post uh, that, that man, they posted? That man had a job for multiple years. That's multiple years. Yeah, that, you can fail up. It, it's not just the the Trump administration where you can fail up. Yeah, it's, you can just hold be, out hope. You too, if you're a moron, you too could be a NBA general manager. Certainly. It worked for Billy Knight for years. And now I think this is a good thing for Phoenix. I think that this is going to make yeah, them you're look totally less. Right. That's and, actually really. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that that that's basically it. Like I think the other guys on the team are going to appreciate it too. Like Rashawn yeah. Holmes gets to play some more, where he got aced out by the new Philly administration. Uh, the Colangelo burner stuff. He w- he fed a falling out there. He's a good player. Um, it's funny but- you said Colangelo burner, and I was like, oh, that's an awesome name for an NBA player. I've never heard of him, but <laughs> Dan does fantasy more than I do, so he probably knows Colangelo burner. Yeah, he's. Can't you, uh, see, can't you see like he's like the uh, <laughs> yeah, that really does sound like next year's freshman on Duke, uh, Colangelo burner. <laughs> exactly right. That's, that's a badass what, name. That is a that is a badass Dan, name. Dan, you're you're so right because I. And it's a it's a word that gets thrown around a lot in sports and anywhere. But you you talk about like cultures, and I do think that with like all of the new NBA analytics stuff, you're starting to see players viewed as kind of statistical and transactional. And it's like, well, you should get him because this is his salary cap number, and you know uh, he, he's he's going to be like this cap hit and his mm-hmm. you know over under plus minus from yeah. 18 to 23 feet is this and and in baseball uh, it's it's worse than anything in baseball right. and you're basically like dude that's not even a human you're talking about that's like a like a t1000 from terminator <laughs> and I, I do think it goes a long way to be like look man like we treated this guy like a real person who is nearing the end of his career and that other guy's my friend you know and also, this also happens to be part of my grand plan for demolishing the Boston Celtics, which is just like karmically, maybe at some point it will like catch up with Danny Ainge that he com- has complete disregard for players as human beings. And uh, maybe they'll just get their like karmic comeuppance, which maybe is happening now because they seem to stink. Mixed with Kobe Bryant, obviously poisoning Jason Tatum's game. Yeah, thanks, Kobe. Kobe. That was nicely Thank done. That, yeah. If that happened, that would be the best like Homeland style <laughs> nefarious con. twist. Yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. A brilliant long con brilliant. to like teach him the ways of Kobe that all like don't fit the modern game. I wish it's, that like, long I mean, contested twos. They've sort of failed their way to a seven and five record, so life could be worse for the Celtics. But yeah, That's they were true. being they were being anointed kings, and they're uh, they're in fifth place in the East right now. Yeah, they're and, gonna have to work for, work for it. By the way, Lakers in uh, in tenth place in the West, except uh, Lakers mm-hmm. are we're two games out of uh, fourth place. So, uh, <laughs> well, we need to we need to beat Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Who are winning right now? I'm just seeing. Um, yeah, they're they're a lot better this year, and they play. Well, hopefully, a- the back to the back, back to back will hurt them. I hope so, but man, they get up for the Lakers. 
They, they always do. do. Um, yeah. Anything else from the fourth quarter of that Minnesota? I just like the fact that they won it with defense was so sweet. It was. It was great. Um, you know, just it, it's funny. I don't want him to get totally lost in the shuffle here, but uh, Brandon Ingram, I oh, thought, yeah, had his point. best game of the season. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Good shooting game. Played really good, good defense. Uh, yeah, the defense was really encouraging. I think it was the first uh, glance at like what he could be. I mean, he's 21 years old, Dan. Yeah. 21. And he led the offense when LeBron wasn't. That was he awesome. Did. He did. And... Um, I was just really encouraged by that. I was encouraged that he stepped up to the plate. Um, yeah, so 20 points, five boards, six assists, one steal. Um, Two blocks. My only, com- my only complaint about the fourth, and I understand why he did it, because I think Ronda was doing a good job with the offense, but Lonzo's defense was spectacular that whole game, um, and he didn't play a lick in the fourth quarter. So yeah. that was my only fourth quarter complaint, is I thought he was... Once Rose got heated up, I was like, why are they not bringing in Lonzo? It's our yeah. best on-ball defender. Mm-hmm. And Luke's reasoning was kind of wishy-washy. I just wanted him out there. Yeah, he was, he was it being seemed a like point he guard. forgot. He forgot. <laughs> he was being a point guard or something. Was, that, wasn't yeah. that the quote? That's like such a, that's such a nothing quote. You don't need... Like you need a point guard when it's the breakneck pace part of the game. When it's, right, exactly. when it's, when it's just give it to LeBron and see what happens for the last two minutes. There's... What, I don't, you don't need Rondo out there for that. Throw in another shooter if you really want to. Um, anyway, yeah. Kings game. Here's our here's our look ahead. I yes. am I am terrified because this is the beginning of the stretch where I think you could argue the Lakers do have some winnable games. This may be yeah. the hardest one of them. The Lakers host the Hawks. Wow, can you believe you're saying that? And you're probably right. I know the, the Sacramento Kings are probably the hardest one of the stretch. Okay, maybe the Blazers at home, but yeah, yeah I, like but uh, but you but it wasn't a laughable comment, which is what is Yeah, they're better. They're definitely better and the Lakers may be without Lonzo Ball who turned an ankle during practice and here come the dodging deer and fox takes, so we're going to have to deal oh, with that. They're they're definitely going to be without Lonzo Ball. We have had complete kids gloves uh with Lonzo, any any time he's gotten a hangnail, he's been out for three games. So I'm so upset. There's, there's no way he plays in this game. I'm really upset that we have we really don't have a comeback for the dodging De'Aaron in this thing. They've got us on this one. No, and De'Aaron looks really good. Yeah, crap. Oh well. Well, let's try to beat him. Yeah. That would that would handle the dodging De'Aaron Fox thing. Because after yes. that, it's the Hawks on Sunday, which is a back to back. So got to make sure you don't have a letdown there. But um, once again, they're trying to lose. They are trying to lose, but they've sort of stumbled yeah they've stumbled into a few they didn't stumble into one tonight they look terrible uh so if you i mean that's eli you talked earlier about stepping on teams throats early that's when you really have to do that with atlanta you're totally right they'll give up um the following game which we'll have a pod before then is blazers on wednesday and then magic heat and Cavs over the week after that that's a that's a potential three and oh stretch for Lakers in there. Although the Magic actually played better the last couple of games too, and those are all road games. Still, still, uh, this is a really important stretch for the Lakers because we the, they weathered the early season storm, basically a 500 team after playing a lot of really good teams, and now you've got like five or six games against crappers. You got yep. to win most of those. Yeah, I think they got... So in this five-game stretch, right, it's five games we're kind of looking at. I think uh, they should... Yeah, six. I would say six if you go all the way to the Cavs, yeah. You think five and one, four and two? 
Yeah, it's got to be, I think, four and two or five and one. Exactly. So where does that, um, my, my math skills have waned in the later parts of my life. We're, Lakers are five and six. Okay, so nine and eight coming out of that stretch or 10 and seven would both be acceptable. Yes, I think that's right. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to look for nine and eight. I'm going to be perfectly satisfied with that. Because... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll get, they're going to lose one of these games in some kind of dumbass fashion. <laughs> it's just a question of which one. <laughs> it's going to um, be and the they'll Hawks. probably win one in like dominating fashion, and those games will probably be right next to each other. Mm. <laughs> just knowing this team, never a dull moment with these guys. No, there isn't. And I know I'm getting way ahead of things now because after that stretch, it's Nuggets, Pacer, or it's uh, Jazz, Magic, Nuggets, Pacer. So three out of four of those become really hard again. Yeah, uh, and then it then it, yeah then the schedule kind of levels off a little bit. You got some easy ones, you got some hard ones. It's not quite so front or back loaded as this beginning of the season has been. Uh, fun start right. to well, the maybe, Tyson maybe Chandler when we get era. to the oh sorry go ahead. I was just saying fun start to the Tyson Chandler era. That's the that's the long and short an, of it. An amazing start, and this is now this is what the team will look like. And on that point, I'm excited to see what this new look Lakers, this more comfortable Lakers with really the biggest piece that we were missing. We now have, um, what, what they really bring over this next stretch. And when we hit the next difficult patch in six games from now, if we're going to look like a whole new team, that's why I wanted us to really, you know, maybe crush a couple of these teams in these, in these games to come just so we can get a little swagger so that, when it is Indiana, when it is Denver, we're going into those games being like, oh, we're going to try to kick these guys' ass, not like hope and pray that we understand where we're, our defensive rotations are coming from. Mm. Love those defensive rotations. Mm. Yeah, it was Sal- nice. It was nice to see Sal- them. Salivating over them. Guys are... I mean, they're such long... Okay, I know. I'm getting out on rant territory. I, I just There's so many times where you're watching like a whole quarter of basketball and every possession, the Lakers opponent has a guy that gets into the key. Every possession. There's not one and, time where they I managed know. to keep him out. And they did it for like three and a half minutes in the fourth quarter of that game. So it's in there. They did it. You know, though, it's LeBron. It's usually LeBron, and it pains me to say it because he's so good, but yeah. I've, I've been literally rewinding on my DVR because I watch these games after everyone goes to bed. <laughs> I've been rewinding every time there's some bozo with a wide-open layup under the basket, and it is almost always LeBron who is the guy who doesn't rotate over. Yeah. Kuzma's the guy who gets lost in the middle of the play, <laughs> and LeBron's the guy who just didn't show up at the end of the play. Yep, it is. And he tried for those three and a half minutes, and so then not... Yeah, it made when, a difference. When when nobody had to cover up for him, his guy didn't get into the key, and then nobody else did either. It was great. Oh, man. Man it's alive. It's there. It's there. I'm, I'm actually really... I'm really excited by that Minnesota Me game. Too. I thought there were I'm so really many positives. Because Minnesota didn't play... Oh, also shout out to Minnesota's um, Andrew Wiggins for like the most Andrew Wigginsy uh, game possible. He had 17 first quarter points, or sorry, first half points. We could, absolutely could not stop him. And then two. he had two points the rest of the game, and I never heard his name uttered a single time, other than the one time that the commentator said, Andrew Wiggins with a very quiet second half. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I think Jimmy Butler texted Andrew Wiggins' girlfriend during halftime or something. 
Do you think Jimmy Butler, after a game like this, where like Towns essentially doesn't show up the entire game and Andrew Wiggins disappears for half of the game, do you think he texts everyone he knows and is like, I told you these losers, like, get me out of here. Like, do you think that that happens after every time? Like, does yes. he enjoy perversely these guys getting punked? You know the answer to that question is yes. Yes, it is almost a rhetorical question. Yeah, well, we, we've seen enough from Jimmy Butler at this point to know the answer to that question is absolutely <laughs> yes. Uh, next podcast yeah. coming up uh, probably over the weekend. Maybe it might actually occur during the Atlanta Hawks game. You might get live reaction from us. Yeah, uh, maybe yeah. we'll. You could, if only you could be so lucky. <laughs> if only you could be so lucky, Eli. Uh, I think it's your bedtime. It is. I'm falling apart. Yeah. This was fun though, Dan. This Thanks. was good reaction pod. Lots of positives from that Minnesota game. This is Ball in Ball Out. Easy Eli Bauman. I am Dan Vespers. We'll talk to you in a couple of days. Peace. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.